0: Good morning, One Church. How you all doing? Good. We're in the last sermon of our series on losing my religion. And one of the things as we've looked at the book of Galatians, we've realized this, that God has set us free. God has set us free from religion. God has set us free from trying to please God through the law. He set us free, and we have a choice. That's what we're looking at today. If you have the One Church Bibles that we hand out in the uh, foyer, uh, we're going to be on page 894, 895 today. Um, But really the point of Paul's thing, the entire point, is you have a choice now. You're free to make a choice. And be careful how you choose. Be careful what you choose to do. Um, Today I'm going to teach something that's really kind of, elementary schoolish. In fact, I even kind of almost embarrassed even talking about it because it's so simple. It's so... The cookie's on the bottom shelf. Everybody knows what I'm going to say today. I'm not going to give you... I'm not going to bring any new knowledge to you. In fact, our big idea, once you hear it, you're going to go, that's it? Um, but Paul here in Galatians chapter 6... That's kind of a that's it moment. You mean, that's it. It's just that simple. Our big, idea, our big idea today is a principle. It's a law that's found throughout all nature. It's a principle found in your life, and it's simply this. <coughs> let's all say this together: the input determines the outcome. Okay, that was kind of weak. So let's say that again. The The input determines the outcome. (laughs) Another way, what you put in will decide what you take out. Isn't that deep? You know, think about this. This is found in your bank account. How many of you have ever tried taking more money out of your bank account than when you put in? Me too. All right, very good. So we're in there together, all right? Um, When that happens, what happens? Never a good thing, right? Never a good thing. It's it's a principle found when it comes to money, because what you invest now will determine what you will be able to take out later. It's a financial principle. This is an educational principle. You know what? Um, you can never ever study for a test. Excuse me. You can never ever ace a test that you've not studied for think about this. How many of y'all as students ever prayed, God, please help me on this test? And you know you didn't study for it. Come on now. Tell the truth, shame the devil. I, you, me too. All right. I'm God. God, Please. All right. You somehow give me the, the, the answers. It, it ain't going to work because you can't put out what something you've not put in. All right. You can't you can't ace a test that you've not studied for. You know, this is music. <clears throat> we have great musicians here at One Church. You know, one of the things you can you can't ace a song. You can't play it or sing it perfectly unless you do what? Practice. That's right because practice makes Yeah, you and I all have the same mom, right? Um you can't do well on a song if you don't practice because the input determines the outcome or sports how many of y'all are good at sports <coughs> all right okay again we're from a different mother all right um like who's who's good at football anybody good at football um, I this body was built for football but I was a band geek so um and I started playing the flute for about 6 weeks and I thought you know <laughs> That ain't going to work. You know what I mean? So I switched to a manly instrument. I switched to the clarinet. I'm joking. I switched to the trumpet. And, um, but, you know, I, I, even though I like watching college football, and I like to watch Auburn get beat, unfortunately, and Tennessee getting their you know lunch handed to them, um, y- y- they're never, ever going to get any better unless they do what? Practice. Because you're not going to be able to run the plays unless you practice the plays, because input determines the outcome. Um, Sports, I mean, think about this. uh, The reason why Tiger Woods is so fantastic at golf is because at an early age, Tiger Woods did what? He practiced. He is good at golf. He's won countless masters because he has invested his time. He has spent a lot of time. The input determines the outcome. It applies in farming. You won't be able to eat food out of your garden or out of the field unless you plant the seeds deep thoughts with chris edmondson all right what you put in will determine the outcome one of the things you may not know about me is i love gardening when i lived in iowa um i just i loved gardening and i literally tilled up the entire backyard and and when i after i got finished tilling it up there wasn't one rock Now put this into perspective how many of y'all got rocks in tennessee okay if you don't have rocks where you live you don't live in tennessee There's just tons of limestone, tons of rocks. And we have this red clay here. And after I tilled it up, I was able to just put my hand in it. And it was like potting soil, it was jet black. And I was like, oh, it was wonderful. And I, man, I planted blackberries. I mean, blackberries come out like this. I planted corn. I planted green beans and tomatoes and onions. And I loved it. I loved planting those seeds and weeding them and getting out there. And then at the end, what did I like doing? I loved getting the tomatoes off the vine and just chomping on them. I didn't even wait until we get inside. I love that. I've not eaten any, um, any vegetables from my uh, my garden since I moved to Tennessee. You want to know why? I haven't planted anything. That's kind of a bummer. But and again, if you don't plant seeds, though, you don't get to eat out of the garden. And that's really as simple as that sounds. That is what Paul is talking about today. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says this, you will reap exactly what you plant. Amen you will reap exactly what you plant. Here's a great clip uh, that illustrates this point from the movie Secondhand Lions. So let's watch this together. <coughs> Was going to taste. Peas, beans, squash, tomatoes? Yeah. What's this row? Beets. Beet? Yeah. And what about this row? Potatoes. Potatoes? Yeah. What's this row here? Tomatoes? Tomatoes? tomatoes. Yeah. That's lettuce, squash, sweet potatoes, carrots, bok choy. Bok choy. What's that? Chinese cabbage. Hey, yeah. that row looks right. Yeah, this, well, this is corn. All those seeds did look oh. alike. Come to think of it, yeah, like corn. Boy, <coughs> that seed salesman sure saw us coming. No, I saw you coming. Corn, corn, corn. Nothing but corn. <laughs> corn i, I tell you you know it's amazing the thing, the reason why I like that clip is this these so called farmers intended to plant all of those other different seeds they intended to grow all of this stuff but they put the same seed in the ground and even though they intended to get tomatoes they intended to get bok choy all right? they ended up getting corn. Because it doesn't matter if you think you're planting tomatoes, if you plant corn, you're going to get corn. The reason why that's so important is because input determines the outcome. Input, not intentions, determines the outcome. They intended to plant other different things, but what did they end up planting? Corn. And what did they get? Corn. Because intentions do not determine your outcome. Intentions do not decide your outcome. The input decides the outcome. Why am I spending so much time on this? Well, the reason why is I, it's because I don't think really we believe this. We really don't believe this. We say we believe this principle that input determines the outcome, but we don't live our lives like it's true. What I found is this principle is found in every place in our lives, in money, in health, in gardening, in school, job, relationships. This principle is in this axiom, this law is found in everything that we do, but we really don't believe it will happen in our life. Paul starts with this verse, Galatians 6-7. Do not, what is that next word? Deceit. Do not deceive yourselves. No one makes a fool of God. You will reap exactly what you plant. You will reap exactly what you plant. The message today is just very simple. You have a freedom to choose. You have a freedom to choose what type of seed you can put in your ground. You have a freedom to choose what you want to input but what you choose there's going to be consequences to because the input always determines the outcome you know the reason why this is such a simple message is really in these three verses Paul is going to say this sin is bad it's a no-no it's like talking to my four-year-old or you know don't do this it's not going to go well for you sin is bad Serving God is good. And you have a choice now. You have freedom to choose which one you want to do. It's so obvious. The crazy thing is, we think that, you know, okay, I can do this and do this and do this, and there won't be an outcome. I can choose sin. And if y'all ever just, you know, you've been good for so long and you just you feel like you just deserve one, you know, you just feel like, you know, I just, I've struggled with this and I've worked, I've had so much, you know, victory in my life and I should, I should just just haul off and do it. And, it, and, and I don't think anything's going to happen. And we make choices thinking that things, and we start to justify it in our minds. We start to make excuses. We start to deceive ourselves thinking, okay, if I do this, the outcome really won't do this. If I plant corn, I'm going to get Tomatoes and we start tricking ourselves. You know, it's easy. I, I can lie to you, and you can lie to me. It's, it's human nature for us to lie. It's not what God wants, but it just comes naturally. I can lie to you, you can lie to me, but the Bible says right here that we, have, we can lie to ourselves, that we can trick and deceive ourselves to thinking that if we do bad things, then good things will happen. And the Bible says, no, do not deceive yourselves. God, no one makes a fool of God. The Bible says you can actually lie to yourself. The word deceive literally means to play a mind game. You want something so badly, you start justifying it in your mind. We come up with excuses and reasons, and then we find people to agree with us. You know how to do that? We've already made up our minds to do something, and then we find people to agree with us, and we talk them into it. You know what? He's making you miserable? Eh, get out of it. You know, get out of it. Or, um, you know what? Your your wife cheated on you? Yeah, you know, get out of it. Uh, Cheat on them back. Get even. Um, You find people to agree with you. You know what? You're miserable in that job? They didn't give you a raise again. Get out of it. Who needs them, right? And we find people that agree with our opinions. And we tend to rationalize. That word rationalize. Let me tell you how you spell the word rationalize. When we rationalize things in our mind, what, what we tend to do is this. We tell ourselves rational lies. Things that sound good. Things that we seem to, okay, yeah, that, you know what? That's, yeah, that's right. And we rationalize things in our minds and we lie to ourselves we come up with excuses and we think this because we don't have immediate results when we sin then nothing's going to happen it's kind of like this hand grenade here by the way this is not a live one but if i if this was a live one and i took this hand grenade and i pulled the pin what's going to happen well nothing for about 15 seconds you see, what we tend to do with sin, sin is like a hand grenade. We pull the pin, and we think everything's good. Nothing's happened. And we continue to do it, and we continue to put it close to our chest. What we don't understand is anytime you pull, pull the pin, there's always a fuse. It won't go off immediately. But it will go off. And when it goes off, it will destroy you. It will destroy you. We think, okay, you know what, I'm sinning. It must be a dud, right? I can keep on doing what I'm doing and what I want to do, and we rationalize, and eventually it will destroy you. That's how sin works. We pull the pin on sin and we wait. And the crazy thing about this is you are free to do that. God, the book of Galatians says you are free to make the choice. You can choose. You can choose eternal life in, in what I have, the plan that's best for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, says God. The plans to give you a, a hope and a future. The plan God has for you is so much better than what you could ever dream. Or you can choose option number two the hand grenade. And you can choose things that you think will make you happy. Things that you think will bring peace and joy into your life. And it might for about a 15 second time frame. And then it will bring death. Romans 6.16 says this. Sin always brings death. This is what it says. You can choose sin which leads to what? Death or you can choose to obey God and receive His approval. Let me say this. There is not one sin that leads to life. Not one. There's not one sin that's going to bring you really long-lasting happiness in life. Think about that one. That one thing that you're habitually doing, that you're habitually keeping in the dark, that nobody else is knowing that you're doing, that thing will eventually kill you. Not any consequence to it yet. Well, just wait. The fuse is not up. Verse uh, six, uh, excuse me, seven and eight of Galatians chapter six says, "Do not deceive yourselves. No one makes a fool of God. You will reap exactly what you plant. If you plant in the field of your natural desires." What do you get? You will gather the harvest of death. If you plant in the field of the Spirit, then from the Spirit you will gather the harvest of eternal life. What Paul is saying, listen, there's only two choices. You have two choices of seed. You have natural desires, and you have God's desires. Those are the two choices. Your desires... God's desires. Those are your two choices, and you choose every day, every hour, which one. Okay, I'm going to do what I want to do, or I want to do what God wants me to do. Let's look at these first, these natural desires. These natural desires, it says, will bring a harvest of what? Death. That's what natural desires. It will always bring death and destructors, destruction. You cannot be blessed by God by doing your natural desires, to doing this seed. Now, what, what is your natural desires? It's what you want to do. It's that seed. But let's look. If you'll look back at Galatians chapter 5, you're gonna, we're going to be able to see some of this seed that Paul is talking about, talking about the natural desires. It says this in verse 19. When you follow the desires of your what? Sinful nature, your lives will produce. Look at that. He's talking about produce, right? Produce evil results. Let's look at the produce that will come from these seeds. Let's look at these seeds. The input determines the outcome now. Look at this. Sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, participation in demonic activities, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, Selfish ambition, you want to do what you want to do. Divisions, the feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group. Sounds like the political parties right there. Um, Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. Hmm. You know, he he, he lists all of these and at the end he says, "And the rest of them. There's just too many. There's a lot of seed on this one whole lot of seed let me tell you again as i have before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of god all of us at one time or another has longed for this now i'm not longed for demonic activities okay make and mark that one off sexual immorality anger selfishness pride Parties? Let's look at some of those. If you do this, it will not be good for you. The, the outcome will not be good for you if you choose this input. The first one, sexual morality. Well, Sex before marriage. Well, you know, everybody does it. You know, and you know they say you should wait, but, you know, I know I want somebody who's experienced, and I, they want me to be experienced. And we start to deceive ourselves we start we start telling ourselves rational lies. It really doesn't bring ruin it doesn't bring death every everybody does it now. everybody's living together. well you know you, you just you know it's friends with benefits. but yet when you get married, you compare yourselves to all of those other partners. you compare them ah. Uh, doesn't live up. And you think, you know what, if I should have, what I? I could have married that person. And we think through this and we start comparing. Or maybe you dabbled in pornography. You have those images in your mind and they will be with you forever. You can't take an eraser and erase it. Those images are always in there. I've even heard of, of husbands convincing their wives, hey, you know, let's bring pornography into our marriage. It'll spice it up. No, it will kill it. Because there's not one sin that leads to life. It will bring death in that relationship. It will bring death in your marriage. It will kill it. You just brought in a hungry, roaring wolf. Let's take another, anger. You know, my anger's not impacting me. You know, it's not doing that. And yet, if you talk to your friends, if you talk to your family, they would say, you're an angry person. You're pretty bitter. And you've relationally, you've murdered a lot of people around you, and people don't like getting close to you because you're an angry person, drunkenness. You know Let me say this: The Bible not once says that you should not drink. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't speak that you should not drink alcohol. It speaks against getting drunk. What's the issue of drunkenness? The issue is that the alcohol is controlling you. And you spend more time and more time getting addicted to alcohol or getting addicted to whatever your addictions are. It may be drugs. It may be... And um, it, 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 what's amazing is you, you do all of this stuff in college and you are the life of the party. You know, you had the whole, you know, the beer bong thing. Is that right? You, you know, the shit. And, and you sit there and you're like, wow. And everybody's going, you know, cheering you on, right? And, you, and you're like the, oh, everybody's around you. But now it's 20 years later and you're dabbling and you're dealing with an alcohol addiction. You're an alcoholic and it's no longer, you're no longer the life of the party. Because, hear me, addiction always leads to isolation. It starts out fun and cool and everybody's around you, but it always ends up with you in the corner of a dark room and everybody else is kind of doing their own thing. Because there's not one sin that leads to life. Every sin leads to death. This is a law. You can't skirt around it. Input determines the outcome. This is an absolute truth, so don't deceive yourselves. So let me ask you a question, one church. What are you deceiving yourself about right now? Are you deceiving yourself? Are you doing things that you know you should not be doing? We're all, I was going to say we're all grown-ups in here, but we're not. But most of we're adults and we know right from wrong. That's what Romans chapter 1 says, we know right from wrong. And we know it, but we choose not to do it because we think, oh, you know what, this is fun. Look, I'm good. I'm good. See, it doesn't bring death. The fuse hasn't gone off yet. You know, let's face it, most Christians, most people who go to church really don't think that they're going to be judged. We really don't think that, you know, God gives us a, a freedom, a choice. And, you know, we just tend to do our own thing. And you may be a, a, a not a Christian, maybe you've never really been to church, and your biggest thing is you've seen how Christians act. They just kind of live their life like they're all, And you know what? God says they have that freedom, they have that choice to do that. But there isn't going to be a time that, that they will be judged because God is not mocked. A man will reap just what he sows. A lot of Christians say, well, you know, these Christ, a lot of non-Christians, they think, well, that person's just getting away with their sin. No, he's not. It just had not blown up yet their times coming. Verse, let's go back to Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. You will reap exactly what you plant. If you plant in the field of your natural desires from it you will gather the harvest of death. But now look at this. Here's the second seed right over here. If you plant in the field of the spirit from the spirit you will gather the harvest of what? Eternal life. All right, I know up to this point kind of the message has kind of been a bummer. All right? It's a bummer if you're here. It starts out, woo yeah! And at the end, it's death. This starts out, woohoo, and guess what? It ends with a big old woo-hoo. Because it ends with life. If you choose natural desires, you choose your own way, it's not going to end well for you. But if you choose to please God, it will go well for you. One person said it like this, sow a thought, Reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. And sow a character, reap a destiny. You see, what Paul is saying is your life is being built like one brick at a time. And you can choose, okay, I can choose my natural desires or I can choose God's desires. And you know what? At the end of our life, we're going to be able to see wow, I chose poorly. Oh, wow, look what God has done. Look what God has done. You know, when you were a kid, what did you dream of becoming? What did you dream of becoming? You know, all of us dreamt about becoming something, becoming a, a dad or a husband or a wife. You were a girl, you dreamed about your wedding your entire life. I've never met one little girl who dreamed, I can't wait to be a divorcee with two kids, a single mom. It doesn't happen. I've never met one guy. You know what? I am so looking forward. A little boy. I'm, I'm looking forward to be addicted to alcohol and pornography. That's my goal. No. We intend, we intend to be lawyers and doctors. But you know what? Intentions do not determine outcome. Input determines the outcome, not intentions. And you may have good intentions, but you know what? You've heard the saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Some of you have been intending to do a lot of things, but you're not doing it. Verse 8. Some of us are doing it. Let's read what it says. If you plant from the field of the Spirit, then you will gather the harvest of eternal life. Now look at this next part. So let's not become tired of doing good. <laughs> if, if we do not give up, the time will come when we will reap a harvest. Some of you are doing what God wants you to do right now. Some of you are doing what God is calling you to do. You're, you're being that godly mom to those kids. And no, you don't have a husband. But you know what? You, in the situation you're in, you're being a, both a mom and a dad for them. And you're, 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 you're sticking it in there. You're keeping it in You're not giving up. And you're following God's Word. And it's not easy. You all know that. I know that. But you're staying with it. Some of you, man, when it comes to your money, you're sticking it in there. The economy may be going to hell in a handbasket. All right? And your 401k is like at a 101k right now. All right, But you know what? You, there's still needy people around. And you, you, when you see people, you're not bitter, you're not, but you're giving. And you're giving to the poor. And you're giving to those in need. You're continuing to give to what God wants you to give at church. And God's saying, don't stop. Don't stop doing that. Don't stop doing that. Some of you, man, I'm telling you what, you're just you're involving yourself. You're serving other people. I've talked to some of you, and for Thanksgiving, you're going to be working at soup kitchens. Christmas, you're going to be, you're going to be putting together backpacks for the homeless. You know what? Some of you are, you know, I'm going to serve and I'm going to stick it out. and you know, I'm, going to, I'm going to serve at one church. I'm going to get outside of myself. And God's saying, don't stop. Keep on going. Don't quit. Persevere. Because if you're doing good, if you persevere, it is going to go well for you. There's going to be a harvest for you. That's the type of blessing. That's the type of life that he can, can bless. Look at look at some of the, the seeds of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But when the Holy Spirit controls your lives, what are you going to get? Some of us, we call this the fruit of the Spirit. All right? It could also be called the seeds because you just want to get. What are you? Are you planting love? Look what it says: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and controlling yourself. If you do these things, it's going to go well for you. Love. I mean, do you love people? Are you loving your spouse? Are you loving your children? And I'm not saying, well, I'm going to work so I can provide for them. That's great. But are you scooping them up in your arms if they're small? Or if they're teenagers, are you doing whatever you do to show love to teenagers? Um, are, <laughs> um, I mean, are you just loving them? Kindness. So guys, I know some of you in here, you're not married. Proverbs 19, says, Kindness makes a man attractive. All right? You know, you want to get married? Then you know what? Be kind. Are you being gentle? My issue is patience. I'm not a patient person. Are you doing these things because it's going to give you a harvest that you want? Don't give up. Don't give up. Let's end at verse 10 of Galatians chapter 6. Whenever we have the opportunity, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to who? That's a y'all statement. Everyone, especially to our Christian brothers and sisters. Are you making the most of every opportunity? Or are you just intending? Are you intending? You know what, I'm going to get involved later. Come on now. Come on, preacher. Quit getting up in my business. I'll get involved later. Are you intending to be generous with your finances to the homeless? Generous your finances to God. I'll do it later. I'm t- I'll intend to do that. When, when the economy gets better, I'll do it then. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Intentions do not determine outcome. Input does. My encouraging, encouraging words as we end today. Some of you right now, you've made some bad choices. You have pulled that pin on that grenade. And you make the choice every second. Am I going to hold it close? Am I going to continue to love my sin? Or am I going to chuck it? And I'm going to start doing what God is calling me to do now. You see, some of you, you know, you're 40 years old and you've been thinking, you know, I've lived, I've been a hellraiser for 40 years. I've done what I've wanted to do for 40 years. And you're showing the sign. You are reaping what you're sowing. But you know what? You still may have 40 years. Stop doing what you're doing and do something different. Stop doing these desires and start doing what God wants. It's really kind of simple. Do good. Don't choose sin. But we have the freedom to choose. Let's pray. Dear Lord, this is not a very fun or easy message to preach, Lord. But, Lord, we've, we've been looking at Galatians, Lord, that, that we are free. That we are free to do what we want to do. We have that choice. We have the choice to choose life or choose death. Lord, I pray that we would choose life. For those of us in here who we've chosen addictions in our past, addictions to drugs, addictions to lust, addictions to things, Lord, I pray that we would stop, stop it, and we would start doing what you want us to do. We love you, Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us that freedom. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.